Hi, this is WGNO Sports Director Ed Daniels, and welcome to our weekly podcast of the WGNO Sports Zone, where we discuss and opine and report on all things local sports. In the WGNO Sports Zone, a high school football team battered by Ida, but not broken. Their coach said this is a group that still has plenty of juice, even if their abode does not. I've got five coaches on my staff that still don't have power. Over half my team still doesn't have power. Tulane breaks out the old helmets to celebrate their SEC football titles. But can the new era Greenway produce a rebelling outcome against the University of Mississippi? You get those opportunities, you got to capitalize on it. And a Texan turned saint said his new football address has a championship feel. Just for me to be at this point in my career, you know, going to my, my eighth year, you know, uh, I won Super Bowl before, and uh, I've just been trying to get another one. He's ready to join the party that could be the Saints' 2021 season. But first, another edition of a Friday night tradition, the WGNO Sports Zone. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the WGNO Sports Zone. Hope you and your family are well and safe and that the lights are back on. They are not this week at Vanderbilt Catholic in Terrebonne Parish. But the football team played Friday night uptown against Isidore Newman School. In a minute, we will hear from head coach Tommy Minton as he spoke with our jury Paris. I don't know about you, but I find myself more intrigued by the games this fall. It is a little slice of normalcy. Last Saturday night, I expected a smaller crowd at Tiger Stadium, but was pleasantly surprised. We in Louisiana love our food, our football, and our high school football. And we salute the many teams, including Riverside and St. Charles, who are hit hard by Ida, who are playing on Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. Good for them. With more on Vanderbilt Catholic and their practice home away from home, here's Jury. Ed, the effects of Hurricane Ida are still being felt by Louisiana high school football and throughout the southeast region of the state, including Homa, causing the Vanderbilt Catholic football team to load the buses and drive up to Nichols State to practice. They were able to do so for the first time ahead of tonight's game against Newman just this past Monday. Vanderbilt Catholic football found a temporary home in Thibodeau this week as the high school and city of Homa continues to recover from Hurricane Ida. Five coaches on my staff that still don't have power. Uh, I got uh, a large portion of my team, almost over half my team still doesn't have power. Leaving the team without a place to practice, but that changed with one phone call to Nichols State Athletic Director Jonathan Terrell and head coach Tim Rebo. This has been good for the kids. They get to come over here and be teenagers again, you know. Uh, and you can tell uh, the frame of mind changes when we get on a bus and we go home from practice. I mean, on the bus ride here, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of talk. When we start hitting all those piles of debris in front of everybody's houses, it's, it's, it's 8 o'clock at night when we're getting back to home and it's dark because there's no street lights, no nothing. Everything's piled up in front of houses. I mean, the whole demeanor on the bus changes. It's, it's not, you know, it, it, reality kind of comes back into, uh, into their mind. And for many players, that reality has meant relocation. We dressed out uh, 82 kids for the Jamboree. And right now we have 66 kids in practice. And I mean, we know where all of them are. Uh, 
Some of them have had to relocate to other towns. They're living with relatives because their houses were destroyed. We only have two that have enrolled in other schools so far, so that's a good sign. So, uh, I mean, we're hoping to have all of them back in a few weeks. After missing the first two weeks of the season, Vanderbilt Catholic comes to New Orleans Friday to face Arch Manning and the Newman Greenies. But the biggest win of the night will be taking the field for the first time. The attitude's been great all week. We've had great practices. You know, you worry about the mental state, what's going on at home, and, and you know, they're not eating right. They're in the heat 24-7 because there's no AC. Uh, they're not hydrating as good as they should be. So you worry about all those things, but I mean, our practices have been great. They're excited about playing a good football team. I mean, we know, we know the tradition the program has. We know they got a great quarterback, but they got a lot of other good football players besides the quarterback. So it's exciting for them. And uh, you know, we're gonna go out tomorrow night and just have fun. We're gonna fly around and have fun and just let the chips fall where they may. And this is head coach Tommy Mitten's first season as head coach of Vanderbilt Catholic. All right, let's bring in our esteemed panel. Richie joins us as well. And, you know, I think the one good thing uh, that can come, many good things can come out of this, even though it's a terrible uh, tragedy, inconvenient for some, tragedy for others, is the fact that a guy like Tommy Minton is leading your football program, a guy who has won big in the state of Louisiana and has a tremendous amount of experience. I think he's a steady hand. Jory, would you agree? Absolutely, but you know what was really special about that is what he said to me with this team specifically and how they're dealing with adversity is that he hopes that he's teaching them as much as they've been teaching him. And I think that says a lot about this football team because they certainly are going through it right now. He was talking about the devastation to some of these players' homes, them having to relocate. I mean, there's, these are just very serious things, and they do take a toll, as we've all experienced in the last couple of weeks. So, Rich, this weekend, go Terriers, go Rebels, and... Uh, go St. Charles Catholic. Great to see them all playing, right? Absolutely, especially given the damage they've been through. I heard someone say at Slido Rumble last night, this has got to be the most resilient group of seniors that they've ever seen because when you take into fact they've had to deal with a condensed season with COVID and now they're dealing with Ida after thinking they were going to have a full somewhat normal football season. So again, you like to see these communities get back up on their feet, especially when you see the days following the storm, the devastation that came to their athletic facilities, their academic facilities and, and their homes as well. So just to, to get that little bit of breakaway, yeah, it is a great sign for things to come, but I also think it's going to help these kids in the long run to overcome adversity in times of tragedy. And you know what's interesting is I was talking to a coach on the phone earlier today who, of course, shall remain nameless, but was extremely frustrated because his principal would not let his team play. And he was extremely unhappy and, and wanted to play very badly. And remember, the kids only get a certain amount of chances, as Richie says. Guests of the WGNO Sports Zone eat at That Samore's Pizzeria, West Metairie and Clearview. Now open for lunch Tuesday through Sunday at 11 a.m. Seafood, salads, pasta, and the best pizza in town. Try the deep dish Chicago style. That Samore's Pizzeria, the food terrific customers truly are treated like family. The Saints defense picks right up where it left off last season. And now even more help is on the way. As soon as I heard this, I was like, man, hell yeah, let's go. And later, Tulane harkens back to its Southeastern Conference roots. Our panel makes their pick. Will the wave make the Rebels green with envy in the WGNO Sports Zone? Time, time 
So overcoming obstacles is becoming a regular theme for the New Orleans Saints, whether it's displacement from Hurricane Ida, injuries or a COVID-19 outbreak within the assistant coaching staff. Head coach Sean Payton says his team's focus has and will remain on the things they can control. And right now, that's their preparation for the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are not the same team the New Orleans Saints swept a season ago. The Panthers opened the 2021 season with a 19-14 win over the New York Jets with new quarterback Sam Darnold and a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Man, they played fast last week. I thought it was a physical game for them. Um, defensively, they, they've added a few pieces. Uh, you know, in the offseason and free agency, uh, it was good defense a year ago, and I think it's a, a better defense this year. Carolina's defense stole the show, picking off Zach Wilson once and sacking the rookie quarterback six times. I think they got they got some good people, uh, put some great pressure on the edge. The good thing is we have uh, two all-pro tackles, uh, so that's a, a blessing that we have with us. Uh, another thing is that simplicity. And anytime that you find a defense that's, that's pretty simple, you know that they're going to execute really well. Uh, I think they got great length, uh, and I think they got two really good corners. Um, so uh, I, I think they got a, a complete defense that, uh, that is playing a very uh, simple bend but don't break scheme. Uh, so you know they're going to be in the right place. Uh, so it's going to definitely be an execution game. Execution is something New Orleans Saints quarterback Jameis Winston did exceptionally well week one against Green Bay. His five touchdown, no turnover performance was an encouraging sight to see. But how about that statement performance from the Saints' defense, picking off reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers twice and holding the offense to 133 yards passing and three points? What we want to do is be, be that defense that you have to worry about and not just rely on how potent our offense is. We can put up points, but if we can eliminate those points, just think how, you know, how skewed the games can get, um, like we saw week one. Every game can come out like that. We'll be in a great place. Sunday, the Saints secondary adds Bradley Roby to the mix, a veteran corner and Super Bowl champion that won't shy away from the expectations that come with wearing the black and gold. We're playing for something here. And it's not that Houston's not playing for anything. It's just, you know, it's just different level right now, in my opinion. So uh, just for me to be at this point in my career, you know, going to my, my eighth year, you know, uh, I won a Super Bowl before, and uh, I've just been trying to get another one. So obviously for that to happen, they'll need their entire cast of players available. Sean Payton said earlier today that cornerback Marshawn Lattimore will likely be a game time decision on Sunday. All right, so it's time to make our pick. And of course, just to refresh everyone's memory, including my own, I went back and looked at last year. Saints played very well against Tampa in the Superdome, won that game by 11, then went out the next week to Vegas. Richie and Jury were there for the game live on ABC. Saints played poorly and lost. So you know that's a, at least a part of the conversation this week. So time for us to make our selections. And let's start with Richie. Richie, who do you like? I like the Saints by obviously more than the spread. I like them by at least 10, if we're being completely honest. I think the MVP of that first game was the line in itself. The offensive line for allowing the Saints to generate 171 yards rushing, really established that from the get-go. And then the defensive line's ability to constantly put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, be in his face, hold him to, like I said, 133 yards passing, two interceptions. They hit him seven times, and they only allowed 43 rushing yards. So I think the line's ability to be dominant on both offense and defense helped them in week one. I think it's going to be the same result in week two. 
Jory? I'm going to echo what Richie said. I had the same kind of ideas going into this one. The Saints just controlled the line of scrimmage last week, and I think that the success there is, again, going to carry over into this game, and I think the defensive front specifically will be able to control Carolina's offensive line, and I think that's critical this week with the offensive weapons that they possess. But also, I will say, in terms of the spread, um, it's been a little bit concerning to see some of the starters throughout the week on the injury report. It's, you know, you hate to see guys banged up early, so we'll see maybe how that is taken into consideration. But I think the Saints are going to be fine. Well, you know, let's look at last week. You know, I, I know the Saints played super, and they deserved to win that game, and they blew out Green Bay. But let's face it, they were having a corona somewhere on the islands was Aaron Rodgers. And that's not going to be the case this week. This is going to be an awfully big game for the Carolina Panthers football team and organization, and I think they're going to sell out and play very big. Now, I'm going to pick Carolina with the points, three and a half, but I do think it's going to be an extremely close game. So I'm going to pick Carolina with the points. I just think it's going to be right down to the wire, unlike last week, which was really non-competitive after the first quarter or so, maybe even not that long. Back with more after this. These are the helmets that Tulane University will wear Saturday night against Ole Miss in Oxford. The Wave wore these for about a 15-year stretch back when they were in the Southeastern Conference. Three decals will be on the helmet to commemorate the school's three SEC football crowns, the last outright in 1949. Tulane's last win over Ole Miss on the field was in 1989. That both Tulane and LSU will be under the lights Saturday, that they will, and both teams will be under scrutiny, but for far different reasons. Tulane has a chance to defeat an SEC school for the first time since 2003. That's when the Wave defeated Mississippi State at the Superdome 31-28. So being an underdog, against the Power 5 school. Nothing new for the Green Wave. I've been an underdog all my life, um, as well as my, my fellow teammates, a lot of my teammates on the team. Um, being an underdog is nothing that Tulane is not used to. Linebacker Nick Anderson hails from Vicksburg, Mississippi. He was never really on Ole Miss's radar. He said Tulane showed him the most interest. So here he is, and he's not interested in what the media might say about the matchup. We're not worried about what the commentators got to say about the game. We're not worried about what the media has to say um, about the game and the outcome because we control all that. In Baton Rouge, LSU is looking for an offensive boost after totaling 17 first downs and 304 yards against McNeese. Freshman running backs Corey Kiner and Armani Goodwin gave the Tigers a lift against the Cowboys. The two combined for 79 yards on only 13 carries. Ed Ogeron said his freshman runners have to play more. Yeah, I do believe that they need to touch the ball more. And that's the same thing Ed I saw in camp. Those guys are dynamite, man. And uh, I think that both of them are going to be great backs. Now, we also like Ty Davis. He runs the ball well. He, he's a bull in there, can run inside, outside. We need to use all three of those backs. Ogeron said guard Chasen Hines and tackle Austin Deculus will play against Central Michigan. Coach O said the Tigers will run more up-tempo. An impatient Tiger Stadium is hoping LSU does something offensive, but in a good way. 
LSU a 19-point favorite over Central Michigan. Central Michigan lost or uh, beat Missouri, or lost to Missouri by 10, pardon me, then routed Robert Morris. So let's get that straight. All right, let's make a pick then. Ole Miss and Tulane Oxford Saturday night at 7, and the Rebs are two touchdown favorites. And Richie, you say? I say no. I say I think Ole Miss is going to win, but I think it's going to be 10 points or less. I think we see something somewhat identical to the Oklahoma score. If Tulane's offense does not disappear in the second quarter, if they can play four quarters of football and they take care of the football, I think the defense is built to withstand a heavy, pa a heavy passing attack like we saw with Oklahoma and like we'll see with Ole Miss. But the key for the offense is you have to take care of the ball and you have to take advantage of opportunities. So I think we'll see something similar to the Oklahoma Tulane score. I don't think it's a two touchdown game. Jordan? Tulane's not losing by two touchdowns in the throwback SEC helmets. I don't see it happening. Now, I will say I do have Ole Miss winning the game, but I think the advantage here is Tulane's defense. As much as Ole Miss has that high-powered offense, they've been playing really well. I think they'll have a chance to contain them. And Tulane's offense is also you know, high scoring. They, they've definitely shown that they have the, the ability to put points on the board. And Michael Pratt will have an opportunity to exploit a – passing defense that's allowed 230 yards through the air per game so far this season. So I think there's an opportunity there, and I think it's going to be another fun game and could be another close one for sure. The total on this game is in the 70s. It's, it's outrageous. So, uh, but here's my key. I think Tulane will cover the spread of 14, and here's why. You know, I think their ability to run the football. They have two really good tight ends. They can, they can use, they have a lot of balance in their formations. They can hide the runner of the pass because both of those guys, Will Wallace and Tyreek James, have shown that they can catch it and they can block pretty well. And they have good players up front. The center, Sincere Hainsworth, is a very good player. And so is Joey Claybrook at left tackle. And, of course, uh, Corey Dublin at left guard. So I think Tulane's ability to run the ball and maybe limit Ole Miss's possessions is a key in this game. So I like the green wave and the points. I think it's going to be a close game. Let's see if the Green Wave can pull it off, and if they do so, their first win over an SEC team in 18 years. Back with more in the WGNO Sports Zone after this. Time now for our final rants. Well, he's ranting in the office all the time, so now he gets to do it on live television. Richie? Well, I do have a, a couple of issues I want to touch on. Of course, when the Packers were dominated by the Saints, the immediate thought for myself and the immediate result of the game is that every headline was going to be around the fact that Aaron Rodgers played poorly. Aaron Rodgers just looked like he didn't care. He just looked like he was more concerned about what was going, off, going on off the field. But the, the narrative should have been that the Saints defense just straight up dominated them. They did in every facet of the game. The line, the linebackers, the secondary, they all had the Packers number that day. So I think that's what the narrative should have been right off the bat, not the fact that Aaron Rodgers took the day off. Can we give the Southeastern Lions some love? Can we give Cole Kelly some love? 500 plus yards, five touchdowns, 45-42. It was a loss to LA Tech, but still, it was a thriller of a game Saturday instead of everybody that was watching the LSU game. Can we please give Southeastern some love? That's all I got to say. Nichols had a Sur good game too. Surprise, surprisingly, lying up. Jordan? 
Well, in case you guys missed it last week, I don't think we're ever going to have to worry about the Saints, Saints coming up and having a lot of energy from start to finish in a game. Why? Because of Demario Davis's pregame speeches. I'm not sure if you guys were able to listen to it on social media, but I was ready to run through a brick wall. That man certainly has a way with words. I know Drew Brees certainly did as well, but Demario Davis has stepped in and really just done a good job so far and I think is going to continue doing a good job. And it's just a lot of fun. You love to see it. My final rant is this. I've had enough of Zoom interviews, okay? I'm tired of dialing up, <laughs> going to a link and talking somebody, talking to somebody over a computer. I mean, you know, maybe I'm just out of touch, but I like the old interpersonal part of it. And you know what? If you want to reach me, call me, okay? Don't text me a million times. That drives me absolutely nuts. So I'm tired of Zoom. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, is this I, I, just, I think we because, all are. This is because of the hot mic. No, that was a conference call. I was going to say the hot mic mustard <laughs> no, incident, but that was a conference call. I, I was call. tired of Zoom long Excuse before that. Me. Friday Night Football presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl is coming up next. And we thank you for being with us each and every week in the WGNO Sports Zone. Have a great night.